I believe I've got a word for you today that's prophetic and it's timely. That word today is what's next. What's next? You know, a word I've been hearing a lot uh, on the internet and people talking. I'm hearing terms like apocalypse, uh, the end of time, uh, the end of days, the world's coming to an end, and people really wonder what's next. And I think that even Christians don't really have a great understanding of what the Bible says is coming next. I will tell you this, that the the sort of uh, idea that we're all just going to destroy ourselves and the world is going to blow up or a plague is going to end us all or a meteor is going to hit us and that's going to be the end of all, all of us and we might as well just get ready because the apocalypse is coming. Can I tell you that the Bible doesn't teach that? That's not going to happen. Come on, are you hearing me? Now, I'm not saying there's not perilous times and there's not things that are coming that won't be easy to go through for many people, but I am telling you this, that the world is not going to be destroyed. Mankind is not going to be destroyed because there's a God still on the throne and He has a plan. Now, He hasn't telling us, told us everything about His plan, but He has told us some things about His plan, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, so that if you're a child of God especially... You can face this day and other times like this with joy in your heart and expectation in your life. Amen. We don't have a gloom and doom. Oh my God, it's the end of the world coming. But we have a rejoice. Something great is coming attitude within our hearts and within our lives. So what is next? I mean, in the immediate right now, we don't really know. I mean, things could get better in the next week or two, and we could go back to life as what seemed to be normal. Uh, or things may not get better. They may uh, get worse, and we may be ushering in uh, some new things coming in to the end of uh, what we would say the time as we know it, as the song says. Not the end of time, but the end of the world as we know it, and things would be completely different. We don't really know uh, We're just looking at the signs of the time and conducting ourselves the way the Bible says that we should conduct ourselves and having the right attitude. Uh, As as many times in the Bible says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to to listen to a, a movie or a television show or people's opinions or Facebook and let that tell you what to believe. No, I want you to know the Word of God. I want you to be ignorant. I want you to know the Word of God because in the Word of God is peace security, confidence, power for the children of God. And so I want to I just want to express that to you and show you today what the Bible says is coming up next. Although we don't know what this day holds or what tomorrow holds, we do know what the future holds in Christ Jesus according to the word of God. And so um According to the timeline, as I read the word and as I believe it, the next thing that is going to take place is the rapture of the church. Now, you have to understand that God has dealt with mankind in different ways throughout the beginning of time. Uh, we call these dispensations in the church world. You can call it different ages, if you like, uh, in, in which God deals with mankind differently. And so we're in the grace age right now. Jesus came to this earth as a baby. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross, rose from the dead, so that if we would just believe in Him, we'd have eternal life. That's the church age. That is where God is gathering His people, His body of believers. And it doesn't matter what color your skin is, how old you are, what what amount of sins you've done or problems you've had, you can be one of the children of God by faith 
in what Jesus Christ has done for you. And so we're living in that age today, and we've been in this age since Christ came uh, to earth over a couple thousand years ago. And uh, who knows how long it's going to go. So the next thing that's going to take place is the rapture of the church. And, and the Bible says in First Thessalonians that the dead in Christ will rise, the, the trumpet of God will sound, those who are, are alive who are in Christ will meet those who've been dead in Christ in the air. We will meet the Lord in the air and we will forever then be with the Lord. Now, a lot of people think that is sort of the end of it right there, but it's certainly not. Uh, because after the rapture of the church, when the church is taken out and, and knowing that we, the church, are the vessels of the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit lives in us. And the, we are salt and light. We are keeping the world from utter destruction because the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Now, when all of that is taken out of the world, the world begins to go to hell in a handbasket, if you will. And uh, that time is called the Great Tribulation. And it's sort of a transition which is going to take us into the next age. During the Great Tribulation, uh, there will be very much an anti-God uh, mindset in the world. Governments will, become, will come together. The Antichrist will uh, appear. And uh, things are just going to get really, really bad for those who have been left behind. Uh, at the end of the Great Tribulation, though, Christ is coming back again. Now, this is really the second coming of Jesus. In the rapture, Jesus comes in the air. In the second coming, Jesus comes with His saints. That's His children with us. He comes back to earth. He plants His feet on the Mount of Olives. He uh, overcomes every uh, anti-God world government, and He rules and reigns for a thousand years here upon the earth. He, in the church circles, we call that the millennial reign. Now, beyond the millennial reign, there's other things, and I'm not going to get into that this morning. I, I'm not an expert, uh, but I do know uh, my belief of the timeline of the end of events. But uh, what I really want to focus on is where we are and where we're headed. What is coming up next? And so what's really next is the millennial reign of Christ. But what gets us to the millennial reign of Christ is the rapture of the church. That's next on the timeline. And so any day now, the rapture of the church could take place. In other words, it's imminent. It could happen at any point. Now, the Bible says that we don't know the day nor the hour. No one knows the day nor the hour except for the Father. He's keeping that all to Himself. And, and it's going to come like a thief in the night. When people aren't expecting it, uh, then it will come. And, and so we can't say it's going to be at certain certain day, certain certain time. Uh, when you hear people talk like that, just ignore it because uh, it's almost certain that they've got the day and the time wrong because no one knows the day or the time. But just because we don't know the day or the hour doesn't mean we can't read the signs of the times. In fact, God has given us signs of the times to show us that the end of the age, the end of this age, is coming, and the transition into the next age is going to be upon us. And so, uh, very quickly, some of the things that we know from the Word of God, uh, some of the things on the outside of us that we can see that are signs of the times, that there is a changing from the grace age to the millennial reign of Christ. And, and, and some of those, there'd be signs in the heavenlies, the Bible says. In the sun and the moon and the stars, there'll be things that happen uh, that will show signs. Uh, that things are changing. There will be also signs on the earth. There will be things such as earthquakes, famines, pestilence, plagues, things of this nature. That's why so many people have been afraid with the pandemic that's been going on. They're like, okay, is this one of those signs? Well, it could be. Keep your eyes open and watch. And 
And, and so we see that in the world, it, it, there's going to be things in the created world that are going to show, hey, things are happening and stuff is about to change. And, and not only in the world, though, but in nations uh, and, and kingdoms. The Bible says that nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, uh, and, and governments will declare war. There'll be rumors of war. And boy, that's been going on for a while now. We've seen a lot of this stuff happening uh, around us right now. Uh, in other ways, the Bible says that uh, people would change, that people would be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and that they would deny basic, simple, uh, natural things in order to take on vulgar and disgusting and, and, and things that are completely against what is normal and natural. And they'll be, uh, they'll be covered with delusion, which I think you see today right now. We've got a world that kind of believes uh, two and two is banana uh, instead of four. And, and not only do they believe two and two is banana, they gladly proclaim it with sort of a moral righteousness uh, and I think it's delusion, the spirit of delusion over people to believe anything other than the truth of God's word. And we're seeing that. Uh, the Bible says that uh, uh, knowledge would increase in the last days. And wow, think about that. Uh, you can get online and you can find anything you want. I, I like to tell my kids stories about how that when we were kids and you heard a song on the radio, you couldn't hit repeat and there was no information about it. So you might not know who the artist was or what the song name was. And you'd have to call the DJ and hope that they'd uh, answer you at the radio station or call all your friends and hope somebody knew. Uh, or you'd have to go to the record store and talk to somebody who knew his stuff because you couldn't get instant information. And yet today, instant information, it's everywhere. Everybody's got the internet and we're, we're seeing that no matter who you are, you can get access to knowledge just about anywhere you want. In fact, the knowledge that I'm giving you today is being cast out all over the world and people can get it. These are the signs. Jesus said, look, when you see these things, know that the end is near. Now, what does near mean? That's a good question because the Bible says to the Lord... A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. And so um, we don't really know. It's, it's kind of like we need to take the position to watch and be prepared and, and yet not get ourselves in an uproar about the end of the age. But don't be ignorant. No, watch, pay attention. In fact, I think a lot of Christians should do what I've been doing, and that is as you watch the world events happen around you, you, you do a lot of meditating with sort of a hmm, hmm in mind. I can't draw any, any strong conclusions from some of the things that are happening, but what I can say is, hmm, this is interesting. It could very well, in the moment we live right now, things could change and usher in the next age that's coming, the reign of Christ here on earth. And, and so uh, I think that's the attitude that we've got to have and the mindset we've got to have, knowing, being confident of what's going on around us, and yet that God is in control in spite of what's going on around us. I got to tell you, I grew up in church, and uh, you know when they when they preached the end time message, the rapture of the church, it was preached with conviction to the point where uh, I know they were trying to get sinners to understand. Look, this is serious business, and you need to get right with God because uh, God could come back at any moment now. And so true. Yet what was missing is the positive side of the message. That is, if you're a child of God, you shouldn't be afraid of what's coming. You should be rejoicing about what's coming. In fact, at the end of the Bible, uh, John the Revelator uh, quotes Jesus as saying, I'm coming quickly, and he says, Come, Lord! 
Come, Lord, that ought to be the cry of our heart, that within us we're longing for that next thing to take place, to come and and fix all of the garbage that's going on. In fact, let me just share with you some scripture that talks about this. And I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8, and I would encourage you this this week to read the whole chapter of Romans 8 slowly and go through it and just examine what it says because it's hitting us where we live right now. Uh, Romans 8, verses 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Did you get that? While the world is focused on the suffering of this present time, the church is focused on the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Hallelujah. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. Did you catch that? Creation itself is anxiously awaiting for the sons of God to be revealed. (laughs) You know, sometimes we think at the end of time and as the church we just got this passive uh, role to play, that we're just kind of watching and that God's going to take us home and we'll sit on a cloud and eat grapes and pluck a heart till eternity. Uh, no, you and I are going to play a role front and center, being a part of what God has done. In fact, creation, the tree in your front yard, the clouds above you today are anxiously awaiting for the people of God to be revealed. You can go into Walmart right now and you, you can walk through and find a, a, a different people and some of them may be the children of God and some of them not. You can't always tell which is which right now. But one of these days, the sons and the daughters of God will be revealed in glory. Hallelujah. It says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Now, i got to stop right there. I hope you're getting this. Look what it says here. Creation was subjected to futility. Let me tell you something. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden and sin came into the world, it didn't just come into us. It marred and broke the whole world. That's why things die. That's why when, when you, you have a pet, it doesn't live forever. That's why when you plant a tree, it doesn't live forever. That's why you can buy a brand new car and you can put it in a driveway and never touch it. And a year later, it won't start. It'll fall apart. The, the tires will, will rot and, and go flat and things will mess up. You can buy a brand new house, lock the door, and no one goes in it. And later on, you can come 10, 20 years later and it's falling apart because we live in a broken, marred world and create. Creation itself was uh, made this way when Adam and Eve sinned, and creation doesn't want to be that way anymore. Creation wants to get back to a perfected world that God had intended for us. Creation uh, itself will also be set free from the mar. So there's this event. Can you see what it's saying? There's something coming. And creation is longing for it to come. And it has to do with a a glory revealed to the children of God. And it's going to happen in the world. Uh, It says that we know that the whole creation groans and suffers pains of childbirth together until now. 
So the Bible's comparing what's coming and what is happening now like a woman who's pregnant. And the pains that are happening are a sign. They're not simply a sign that death is coming. They're a sign that something new is about to be birthed. Did you catch that? The pains, church, that are being felt in the world today are not a sign that the end or death is coming. It's a sign that something new and wonderful is about to be birthed. When a woman begins to feel the pains coming on more and more often, she knows that's a sign. She may not know the hour or the day that the baby's coming, but she knows the signs that it's near. Let the Spirit speak to you today on that. She knows the signs are telling her that something new and wonderful is coming. And the focus is not the pain that she feels. The focus is the baby that she's going to give birth to. The focus for us, church, is not the present sufferings, but this glory that's coming. What is this glory that's coming? What is this new thing that's coming that the children of God should be excited about? For we know the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, we groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For he who hopes what he already sees... For, for who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. He says here, even we within ourselves long for this thing. We, we long for something new. You know, when you become a child of God, your spirit is born again. And your spirit is perfected in Christ. But there are still parts of you that aren't perfected yet. They're being perfected. Your soul, which is your emotions, your mind, your personality, your thinking, it's not perfect. Uh, You think stupid things and you feel stupid things from time to time that aren't right and aren't godly. And it's because that part of you is not perfected yet. But the Bible says that when we see Jesus face to face, we will become like Him. Our minds, our souls, our emotions long for the day to see Jesus to where we no longer wake up on the wrong side of the bed. We no longer have temptations that pull us in. We no longer are sucked in by anger or sadness or emotional ups and downs. We long for that day. We groan for that day that we will be as we know deep within us we should have always been. Not only that, but our bodies are not perfect. Our bodies are decaying as we speak and and, uh, uh, a death comes to all unless Christ comes again. The body doesn't live forever. And as you get older, it's harder to get out of bed. I've noticed that uh, when I bend over to put my socks on, I sometimes I have to stop and take a breath because I run out of air. And I've noticed that that uh, as I, I walk to the mailbox, sometimes I get winded. As I, I try to exercise. I can't do what I used to do. And, and, and our bodies are not perfect. They get sick. They get injured. They get wounded. They're corruptible, as, as Corinthians says. And, and, and yet there's coming a day when the corruptible will put on incorruption. And we will have immortal bodies, bodies that don't decay. They don't get sick. They don't die. They never have a problem. Allergies are gone. No more cancer. No more COVID-19. No more death. No more dying. Oh, we long. Creation longs. We long 
for that day when the change happens and the better comes to our lives. What is that? What is that? What is coming? It's the rapture of the church. It's Jesus Christ coming to take his church back with him. Hallelujah. We're going to meet him in the air. Listen, if you've been dead in Christ, if you've got a mom, a dad, a grandma, a grandpa, whoever that's dead in Christ, the grave is going to pop open and they're going to come and they're going to be with the Lord in the air. If their ashes were scattered at sea, can I tell you every molecule will come back together? I don't know how God's going to make it happen, but their body will come back together. Their soul and spirit will enter in and they will once again be reunited with Christ. The Bible says the trumpet shall sound. I still believe that Jesus Christ is going to rapture his church. Now, I know what some of you are thinking out there. You're thinking, yeah, we've heard that a long time. You need to quit talking about that uh, because we've heard that and it hadn't happened yet. In fact, I was on Twitter this morning and I heard a pastor. Uh, he had put something on Twitter about how every age has said that they think they're the age Jesus is coming back again and how that was a negative thing. Can I tell you, it's not a negative thing to be anticipating the imminent return of Jesus. If John the Revelator expected the return of Jesus, if Paul was watching for the return of Jesus, if Jesus told us, hey, keep your eyes on that eastern sky, then we as a generation should be looking. It doesn't matter the day or the hour. We're looking, we're watching, we're anticipating, we're waiting. We can't help it because the spirit within us groans for that next life, for things to be different, for a better age to be ushered in. And if you look at the signs of the times, boy, it could happen any day now. Now, it could happen a thousand years from now. We don't know. But you know how I'm going to live? In anticipation, waiting, hoping, longing, anxiously. Oh, God. Paul said it this way. Who's going to save me from this body of death? Oh, if I go to be with Jesus, it is a gain for me. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Spirit of God within us is pushing us showing us eternity, that there's something better coming for us. So while the world is looking for apocalypse, I'm looking for Jesus. While the world is looking for things to go south, I'm looking for Milan Avery to go north. Amen. Hallelujah. I still believe in the rapture of the church. And, you know, there before Jesus came the first time to earth, there were hundreds of years that the prophets foretold it, and people certainly said then, you've been saying that for a long time, and he hasn't come, and they quit believing. But you know what? One day he showed up. Can I tell you something? Every day that Jesus doesn't come is a day closer to the day that he does. Did you catch that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's coming soon. The king is coming. My spirit is groaning anxiously for it. The church is groaning groaning anxiously for the return of Christ. The world creation is groaning anxiously for the return of Christ Jesus. He will set everything in order. Everything will be new. Life the way it was supposed to be lived under King Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, these signs used to scare me, but they don't scare me anymore. In fact, when I think of the end times, I rejoice because there's a glory going to be revealed because not only is, is Jesus coming back, but the saints will be revealed in their perfection and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to you, God. Glory. Can we just praise God for a moment for His promise? This is not the end. This is not all there is. Jesus is coming back. He's going to take His church away for a while, and then we're all coming back here. 
And that second age, that age after this one is coming in. Praise his wonderful name. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's awesome. So there are signs out there in the world. Watch the signs. Watch the signs. But there's also signs internally within us. And I want to talk to you today about some of the signs that are within us. Some of the ways that the church is going to increase in godliness, in, in the representation of Jesus, and how that even though the world is going to get farther from God, we're going to get closer to God. So the parable is the wheats and the tares and how that, uh, you know, there was a field. The farmer had a field full of uh, wheat and the enemy came in and planted weeds in the middle of the wheat. And so uh, the, the, the farmer's hands asked what he wants to do, do. Do you want us to go pull the weeds out? And the farmer said, no, let them all grow together. And then when it's harvest time, we'll pluck them all and we'll separate the wheat from the weeds. And so what you're going to see before the harvest comes and the wheat and the weeds are separated, what you're going to see is an increase in both. The weeds are going to get bigger and the wheat is going to get bigger. The weeds are going to be fruitful and the, and, and the wheat is going to be fruitful. So while the world gets more ungodly, farther away from God, farther in their deep hole of delusion, God's people are going to get more confident, more full of love and life and power, closer to God, more used by God. And so I want to share with you some things that I believe is going to happen in the church. That's going to happen in you as we get closer to the end of time. Uh, one of those things, number one, is we're going to be less hungry for the things of the world. I believe that as we get closer to the end of time, Christians are going to quit worrying about the second and third home and the second and third car and the nest egg and the 401k and all of that. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that unless that's the foundation of your life. If you get up in the morning for those things, then that's not where you should be as a child of God. And I believe that as we get closer to the end, the Holy Spirit is going to help us long for God, long for the things of God, and that we'll be busy spending our time, energy, and money on kingdom things and not on earthly things, that we'll have a greater desire for God than we've ever had before. We'll find ourselves picking up the Bible when it isn't Bible reading time. We'll find ourselves... Uh, joining together in worship when we normally wouldn't join together in worship. We'll find ourselves praying at times we wouldn't normally pray because the Holy Spirit is going to be drawing us closer to the presence of God as the return of Christ comes nearer. Number two, I think there'll be a greater peace and confidence in the church. I believe that uh, the people of God will be full of the Spirit of God and not uh, uh, anxious about the world. There won't be anxiety in the church that uh, while everyone else is concerned about the apocalypse, that the church will be fearless and at peace. We won't be stupid. We won't be, you know, jumping off of buildings. That's a, that's a great example. You know, Jesus was in the wilderness and, and the devil tempted him and said, look, uh, uh, if you jump off this building, uh, the Bible says that God won't let you dash your foot against a stone. The angels will bear you up and all that. And Jesus said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, Jesus said, get out of here, Satan. That's stupid. Uh, I'm not tempting God that way. So uh, we may be fearless, but we're not jumping off of buildings and doing stupid stupid things like that. We're living with confidence. Confidence says this, God's got me. Hallelujah. This life, next life, doesn't matter. Live today, die today, doesn't matter. God's got me. I'm confident in that. 
And I believe that's how God's children are going to live, with a sense of confidence and peace. The kind of peace that passes understanding. While everyone else is running for the hills, we are firm with our feet on something that cannot be moved. Hallelujah. Third, I believe that the church is going to declare truth in greater confidence and boldness than ever before. Uh, I believe as, as we get to the end of time, there's, there's a lot of mixed messages coming on. Like, like there's, a, there's so many different opinions about truth and morality, and everybody's got their own opinion. And, and uh, you know, people are forming groups and, and coalitions, and, and they've got names and, and all of this, and, and declaring what they believe truth is. And, and the problem with when people declare morality and truth is that you can't rely on that because you changed your mind since this morning about things. And tomorrow you'll change your mind again. You can't be relied upon for truth. And, and you can take groups of people. They, they disagree. And, and, and this group in, in the Eastern world thinks one thing. And this group in the Western world thinks one thing. And this group uh, on this political side thinks one thing. And this group thinks another thing. You can't rely on people for truth. So there's all these mixed messages as everybody gets on their soapbox to declare their truth. Truth. Can I tell you something? Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. When you're the the of something, that means there's only one and everything else is counterfeit. Jesus is the truth. What he said is the truth. And as we reach the end of time, the church is going to hold strong to the truth and boldly declare what the world says. So you'll see this stability in the message of the church while the world has got mixed messages going up and down, changing with every generation. And every time you turn around, the church is firm in their message of truth. Number four, I believe as we get closer to the rapture of the church, we're going to see power coming through the children of God through the church. I know many times we've talked about the longing for the miracles that we see in the Bible. And why don't we see miracles and and things like that? Can I tell you something? I don't have the answer to all that. All I can tell you is that I believe as we get closer to the end of time, we're going to see miracles restored to the church like never before. We're going to see people healed like never before. Not only on Sunday mornings, but on Tuesday evenings. Not only in the sanctuary, but in an H-E-B or a Walmart or or in a bank or a street somewhere. We're going to see blind eyes open and deaf people uh, can hear and and the lame to walk. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to rise up in the church and we're going to have a, a great faith where we speak things that are not as though they were and change the world around us as a sign of the reality that God is real. Yes, God is real. There's a power coming to the church. There'll be miracles. There'll be boldness in the church. We won't be ashamed or afraid of persecution, but we will stand boldly, courageously as we share in the power of the Holy Spirit. And and, and listen, all these things I'm telling you, this is not us making decisions to be that way. Are you hearing that today? This is not you deciding to be more powerful, uh, declare truth more boldly, be more at peace. No, this is the work of the Holy Spirit within you. It is the Holy Spirit that is going to do these things in your life. Yes, there'll be greater love in the church than ever before. And I'm talking about real agape love, love that comes from God. I'm not talking about the kind of love that the world thinks is love. The kind of love that says, hey, if you love me, you'll support any decision I make and anything I say and anything I do. 
And if you don't support anything I say or anything I do, then you don't love me. You hate me. You're a person of hate. Well, listen, that's garbage. That's not what love is. Love is based on truth and truth comes from the word of God. And so when we love, we're going to genuinely care about the world. We're going to genuinely care about the world without compromising the truth. Amen. And so we won't be taking the gospel and beating people over the head with it. And we won't be taking the judgment and, and cramming it down people's throat. We'll be, we'll be drawing people to Christ with love, but not afraid to tell the truth in the spirit and, and admonition of love. And, and so, yes, the church is going to gr- grow greater in love. A sacrificial love like Christ, the kind that says, I'm going to give up. What uh, could be good for me because I care about you. Finally today, I believe that what's going to happen in the church as we get closer to the, this next age that's coming is that there's going to be a unity like never before. Uh, we're seeing uh, pieces of that now uh, where churches that once were separated and wouldn't have anything to do with each other are beginning to pray together and meet together and work together and pastors are helping each other together. Listen, that's not the work of man. That's not because pastors got smart. That's not because pastors got wise. It's because the Holy Spirit is doing His work in preparing the world for the end of time. And so one of the things that's going to be a sign that Christ is coming is a united church. We may not agree on every doctrine or every little thing that happens, but we agree on the important things, the basic things about Christ and who He is and what He means to the world. And we join together without judgment of each other, in unity with each other. And I'm seeing that happen right now in the world today. It needs to grow and be greater. Uh, and, and there's going to be a falling away where there's some people who claim to be Christians who aren't really. There may be Christians in religion in the sense that they do the churchy thing, but they don't really know Jesus and they've never been born again, and they will fall away during these times. But the real born-again children of God are going to begin to love one another more than ever, become united under Christ more than ever, going to have a, a unity of purpose and of spirit one together. When we speak, it will be with one voice. When we act, it will be with one hand. When we walk, it will be with the same two feet. We are the body of Christ, and I believe that's going to become more and more apparent as God, through the Holy Spirit, makes His church one. Hallelujah. Do you catch that today? Are you excited? Man, I'm, I am watching what's going on around me, but also what's going on within me. Because I learned a long time ago, listen, it isn't Mylon Avery that makes things happen. It's the Holy Spirit that makes things happen. And He does them when He wants, through whom He wants. And I just want to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit. And so this vessel's ready and open. And, and, and when I sense God's uh, moving through me, greater desire to know Him, more peace in my heart, a more, uh, more determined to declare truth, a greater power in my life, a, a sense of love and unity. Those things working in me, I know, hey, they're just signs of the time. They're signs of the times. Yes, yes, the, the, the mother is expecting and the baby is coming and she's excited to have a child. She's going to love that. She already loves that child even though it's not even here yet. And she feels things. She's grown physically and she feels internally the kicking and the movement. And uh, things are different. She's starting to feel labor pains from time to time. And, and, and she knows, maybe not the day, maybe not the hour, but she knows the baby's coming soon. Can I tell you, in my spirit, I feel the pains of birth. 
worth coming. Something great is coming our way. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow or when it is, but in my spirit, I groan and I long for something better that's coming. Jesus Christ is coming soon. Jesus Christ promised He'd return. He said, church, if I go away, I'm coming again. You can take that to the bank, church, for God's not a liar. Let every man be a liar. God's word is true. Jesus said, I'm coming back, and he will come back again. And so how do we live? I want to close with this. I want you to live church with anticipation and joy. Don't don't listen to the word apocalypse and let a frown or despair come over you. When you hear things like the word apocalypse and end of days and Armageddon and end of time and end of this and whatever, smile. Let your your heart feel happy and glad because there's a glory that's about to be revealed. It's going to be revealed in the sons and the daughters of God. And it's just going to get better for you and I. Hallelujah. So I want you to, when you think about what's coming, have a, a grateful, anxious anticipating, joyful spirit about you. And when, when the enemy tries to scare you or people try to scare you, just reject that and say, I'm going to, I'm happy. I can't wait. Come Lord Jesus. Oh, straighten all this out, Lord God. Uh, number two, uh, I want you to live with a sense of purpose. So, you know, you hear stories about people who thought the rapture were coming and they, they, uh, they racked up their credit cards and they bought a house and couldn't afford and they bought all this stuff and they did all these things because they didn't think they were going to be around to pay the bill. Uh, how ridiculous. How ridiculous. What do you do in the meantime while you're watching and waiting? You work for the kingdom. In fact, the fact that he's coming shouldn't make you lazy. It should make you desire to do more work for the kingdom. That we, you should long, I gotta, I gotta get the message out. I gotta talk to my neighbors. I've gotta love on people. I've gotta post good things about Christ on Facebook. I, I gotta do videos. I've been thinking about doing it. Can I tell you something? Now's the time. Get busy for the kingdom of God for time is running out. And we must be busy. We must be anxiously working fervently for the Lord. We can keep our eyes on the eastern skies. We can keep our hearts looking towards the rapture of the church. But our bodies, our minds, our lives, our spirits here on earth should be working anxiously for the kingdom. Doing God's work now. Amen. And finally today, trust Him. Trust Him. Live with trust. I know I said a lot of things today, but I want to reiterate something I said earlier. I want you to get this, church. It's not up to you. All the stuff I talked about today, you may be processing it and thinking, okay, well, what do I do? How do I, am I going to do this? And what about the mark of the beast? And what about, what if this happens? And what am I going to do about that that happens? Listen, if it was up to you, you'd be in a mess. We already know that. But trust means... It's up to the Jesus. It's up to the Holy Spirit. We're, we're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit. Mylon, how are you facing the end times? I'm relying on the Holy Spirit. I know the God who's in me. And then when it's, in, when it's time to move, He'll move me. And when I'm trying to move when I shouldn't, He'll stop me. Come on. Are you catching that today? Quit putting the burden on you. It's not your job. Jesus said, I, speaking of Himself, will build the church. 
So you have to trust that the Holy Spirit in you is going to guide you. And that when it's your time to talk, you'll talk. When it's your time to run, you'll run. When it's your time to stand, you'll stand. When it's your time uh, to go, uh, you'll have peace about it because the Holy Spirit within you will give you peace that you need. Are you catching that today? Don't freak out about the end times. Don't worry about the end times. Listen, church, this is what's coming for you. A glory to be revealed, a perfected mind, soul, and body in Jesus Christ, a a perfected uh, life for you. You'll never get tired, sick again. You'll be glorified. Jesus, your Savior, is coming back again, and you'll be with Him. Never to be separated ever again. Are you catching that? Be looking for that with joy. And, and, and when you get mired in the details and you look at the news reports and you start to get fearful and afraid, trust the Holy Spirit. Trust the Holy Spirit. It's up to Him. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to let you down. I promise you that. The Holy Spirit will not let you down. Now today, those of you who don't know Christ, can I tell you, you need to get in Christ. You know, in the, in the book of Genesis, we know the story of the, the great flood. No, God told Noah to build an ark. And uh, Noah obeyed, and there hadn't been rain on, on the earth. And, and so it just seemed crazy. He, he was telling everyone a flood is coming. No one believed him. He built the ark anyway. And God told Noah, get your family, get inside the ark on a certain day. And then God shut the door and the rains came and the earth was flooded and people were knocking on the ark door trying to get in, but they couldn't get in. Noah couldn't let him in because God had shut the door. Can I tell you something? There's an ark of safety for you. There's an ark of safety for you and the door is still open. And that ark is faith in Jesus Christ. It's not religion. It's not, it's not being like uh, other church people. It's none of those things. It's not a service on a Sunday morning. It's a relationship with the Son of the living God who will change your life from the inside out, who will bring your dead spirit to life. There's an ark, and it's simply trusting in Christ. And today, I want to I help you trust in Christ. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be one of those that's in the ark before God shuts the door. Have you caught that today? And so I want you to just uh, make this confession today. You can call it a prayer, confession, whatever. It just as you as speaking out loud with your mouth what you believe in your heart. God, I believe today in you. I believe in you, God. I believe that Jesus is your son, your one and only son. I believe he came to the earth and that he lived a perfect life, yet died in my place. The sins that I've committed that deserve death, he took on the cross for me. Are you saying this with me out loud? Speak this out loud. And that he rose from the dead three days later, victorious over sin and death so that I could be victorious over sin and death. And today, Lord, I believe that and I place my trust in that. In other words, I'm putting all my eggs in the Jesus save me basket. I'm not going to try to save myself. I'm not going to buy my good work, save me. I'm turning away from myelin, me saving me. I'm turning away from it being about me and turning to Christ to save me. I am not from this day forward going to try to fix me again, but I'm going to allow the work of Christ in me. Hallelujah. 
And so I receive you, Christ, and I confess that you are my Savior and my Lord, and that I am in you today by the authority of your word. I don't say this because I feel it necessarily. I say it because your word says it, and I believe what your word says. And I'm getting in that ark. And you know what, Lord? Even this moment, no matter my past or how I felt yesterday or even an hour ago today, I feel the anticipation and the joy of the Lord. I will be joyful because I know now that if Jesus comes back, I'm going with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he comes today, I'm going with him. If he comes a thousand years from now, my dead body is going to rise up out of the ground and I am going with him. I have joy in my heart. I am anxiously awaiting. And while I wait, I'll work. I'll do the work of the Lord. I may not even know how, Lord, but I'm open and I'm letting the Holy Spirit work in me. And finally, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Holy Spirit. I know that you are uh, coming inside of my life. And that you're going to guide me and move me and help me. And that it's not really going to be me that lives the Christian life. It's going to be Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so when I fall, I'm going to get back up. It doesn't matter if it's one time or a hundred times. I'm getting back up and staying in my faith in Christ. Thank you for it, Jesus. You know what? If you declared that and you believe that in your heart, the Bible promises that you are in that ark of safety in Christ, and that when that day comes that God shuts the door, you're on the inside where it's safe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just by faith in Christ. I'm so glad that you let me share this word with you today. You know, I don't, I don't know if it's today or tomorrow that the church will be raptured and things will begin to change in the end of the age and the new one's coming. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, a week or a month. I'm not going to take a guess. But I can look at the signs of the times and go, hmm, this could be some of those symptoms. You know, this could be some of those signs that the earth is groaning for, that in my spirit I'm groaning for the return of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.